I want to know about the mindset of a champion. And this week I was joined by USA Digital Health attorney, the one and only, Anjali Dooley. Could you please go ahead and tell us about yourself for those who do not know you? Sure. I am a, my name is Anjali um, and I am in the United States, like Bianca said, I um, reside in St. Louis, Missouri, so smack dab in the middle of the United States, <laughs> um, but I am an, a digital health, uh, healthcare attorney, um, I practice in similar areas to Bianca with digital health, telemedicine, um, remote patient monitoring, um, mostly uh, in all 50 states. I'm a very small practice, but have gotten a lot of uh, trial by fire experience and have uh, created some expertise in healthcare regulations, uh, especially in um, physician practices and uh, implementing telehealth um, regulations and provider licensing issues in all 50 states, um, some data privacy and security issues nationally and um, actually worldwide. I just have another client today that had some GDPR issues. So that was interesting. Um, but anyway, um, and, and I'm super excited to be on Bianca's uh, uh, podcast. I've been an attorney for 19 years, which is really scary. <laughs> Um, but it uh, started out as a public defender, um, took some time off, had children, uh, raised children, and went back to the practice of law. Very big uh, advocating for women in the legal profession or business profession in general. And uh, so that's what I focus on. That's fantastic. You are a busy lawyer working you know, worldwide. What are some daily routines that you practice for overall wellness? Um, sleep. Sleep is a big thing for me. So um, I am very cranky if I don't get enough sleep. Um, I don't uh, sleep necessarily on time every day, but I have put an alarm on my phone that says, reminds me that it's time to go to bed at <laughs> 10 o'clock. Um, so if I fall asleep by 11, that's great. Um, very big on daily practicing. I get up by 6.37. So um, this year in 2021, I did it a little bit in 2020, but in 2021, I get up, do a little bit of a meditation, just five minutes. It's not a long meditation, um, but just uh, I really focused on setting my mindset for the day. Um, and that's really about, you know, what I want to bring in the day. And the YouTube video that I watch is if you don't have anything is you're bringing forth love. So like, that's, that's something that I focus on um, in communicating with people, communicating with clients, communicating with my children. It, it really has helped to be honest, and um, just to have to have a calm, calmer mindset. Um, I also focus on being kind to someone every day. <laughs> you might not think that's a that's something um, of importance, but being kind in some way, whether it's opening a door for someone or you just think it's natural, 
but we get into our self-absorbed nature and we're all self-absorbed right now. I feel that whether you're kind to someone on Twitter by saying thank you or whatever it is, I'm on social media a lot. So just being kind every day is something that I try to do. And then for me, overall well-being is humor. So um, I try to be like humorous every day to my kids' um, disdain. Um, they hate it that I'm on TikTok. So, but here I am. <laughs> That is, that is wonderful. And, uh, you know, I've seen some of your TikTok videos. They are great. They are funny. And I love what you said there about being kind. You know, it makes the other person feel great. It could really change their day. And it makes you feel good as well. Just to, you know, say thank you to someone or acknowledge them um, is a wonderful thing. Yeah, sleep as well. Sleep is key, I find, as well for me. Do you have any tips for those committed to improving their lives with healthy habits and routines? And perhaps they're not sure of where to start. What would your advice be? Mm, I think um, to me, so I have a teenage daughter and healthy advice. Uh, I look at teenagers a lot right now um, and she's going away to college this fall. So there's a lot going on with mental health. Uh, there's a lot of mental health applicate, telehealth applications, telemedicine applications out there. Mental health is definitely an issue worldwide. Um, I think uh, just trying to have a little bit of a routine. Um, I hate that I'm saying this, but my parents were right. <laughs> And having a little bit of a routine helps. Um, having a little bit of self-care. So for me, I am a beauty junkie. Um, I like facials, home facials, you name it, I do it. Like at home, you know. So yeah, I'm the Instagram person that says, um, oh, let me buy this at-home facial because this is going to be yeah, very good for my skin. So um, taking care of your physical health and your mental health, I think those are just a little bit of something to really look at. And it doesn't take long. Um, so just five minutes a day, you know, if you can. I started out literally at two minutes, like just like because um, you get angry and you get you know caught up in your stuff and you have 15 people calling you on the phone and you have 15 errands to run and you have your kids at home doing online schooling right now, at least in the United States, we were a mixed batch here. So, and we have craziness going on, on uh, in Washington DC at all times <laughs> right now. So that can add a lot of stress and a lot of people are experiencing that stress right now. So all I can say is forgive yourself, forgive others and um, just take care of your mental health even if it's five minutes a day. And if you need to reach out to somebody, reach out to somebody, there's so many resources now. Absolutely, that's so important. I love what you said there about starting small, you know, just that five minutes a day. But if you do that consistently every day, it really does make a difference and it adds up. Are there any particular strategies that have helped you manage and work through really difficult times? I think the biggest uh, strategy I have is taking a little step back and detachment 
of, of from the situation in general. And then either saying, okay, I understand that person and, you know, or what they, it's usually for me, it's what somebody did or, you know, or whether it's a client or a family member or a friend or whatever. So it's taking a little bit of a step away in detaching from the situation, which is very difficult to do. And I'm still struggling with it. So I'm not saying that I'm perfect at it, but either you detach and you have to let it go and just move on and close that door or step into that other person's shoes and try to understand the situation, right? There's only two options. And so it's really tough to do, but that's been my strategy. And that has been my strategy over a couple of years, um, just from talking to, uh, I'm not gonna let my therapist and, <laughs> and saying like, okay, how do I handle this situation? You know, and kind of um, talking about it, you know, and, and, and the detachment aspect of it, it sounds really like, oh, how do you do that? Well, it's, there's so many little things, just breathing and taking a step away is detaching from the situation. So those are some things that have come out for me over the last two years, dealing with difficult job changes or the stress of uh, relaunching your, for me, relaunching my practice having two kids and being a single mother or whatever it is, it's like detaching from the situation and, and it's hard to do. I don't do it well every single time. That's so appreciated. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, it's really of great importance that we have these conversations. I feel like particularly in the legal profession for lawyers to be having these discussions um, because, you know, I personally found that I was a lot better at these things before I started law school and something changed quite a bit going through law school, being able to, to still stay true to who I am. Um, and, and those strategies have just been so important, you know, uh, to, to keep it all going. Can I ask, what does being a champion mean to you? That's also a difficult question. These are so hard. These are hard questions. Um, so for me, uh, professionally being a champion, um, I represent a lot of early stage and some mid-stage startups championing for my clients to get them to scale their, you know, scale their startup and really figure out for them strategy on how to move forward in their companies that they're really, you know, um, really, you know, advocating, I'm advocating on their behalf, but at the same time, it's not really advocating. It's because I'm not going to court, right? Um, often, I, I do do that, but I don't do it often. It's more of advising them like, hey, have you ever thought about it this way, you know? And then for, for me, just because of what's been going on, at least in our country over the past couple of years or four years or longer than that, it's just come more to light now, is um, getting really involved in social justice because um, it's uh, championing for people that, you know, from a racial standpoint, there are a lot of uh, like 
small businesses that are African-American owned, at least in the United States, they don't even know what a startup is, how to advise them on a startup, you know, and I've been thinking about that. Um, I'm actually outside general counsel for a social justice, not-for-profit uh, startup. Uh, they're tech-based on discussion of racism, um, sex trafficking, and um, they're opening up a, kind of a Facebook type uh, um, uh, marketplace to have these discussions in, in the right forum because there needs to be a lot of change. So I'm not sure where that's gonna lead me right now, but I think my focus has definitely changed from obviously my 20s, my 30s, I was focused on my kids you know, and 40s, I've been focused on my kids. So this is the next chapter of my life. And these are the things that are I have evolved into being passionate about. So my being evolved has um, opened these doors for me to champion people and projects and kids. And, you know, I love my teenage daughter and my teenage son, he's 13. But, you know, championing for girls and what they can and cannot do and telling them like, you could do anything, just realize these are the things that are out there that are gonna, um, you'll, you'll see and don't be afraid to speak up anymore. Cause I, I was, you know, so why, are, why should you be because times have changed and you should be able to come to me for anything you should be able to come to your professors for anything that kind of thing so there's a lot of things to talk about on championing championing for people or projects but i'm starting out i feel my next chapter is, and i change my chapters every five years <laughs> but um just my next five chapter five years i'm hoping that these are the things that i start and it'll continue into my next half of my life so that's so great you know everyone needs a champion and yeah. um, to to be able to help others is so important um you know I I kind of wish I wish when I started around the time I started law school I wish that I would have had the kinds of mentors that I have now yeah. to speak to um, and, you know, I had to go out there and find them myself. They didn't, they didn't come to me. They weren't in my friendship circles or at the professors that were teaching me at law school and so forth. But um, they're out there just like, like you. Uh, they are out there for sure. Do you have any advice for aspiring lawyers? Find a mentor. That is definitely, like you said, um, they're, they're not going to drop in your lap but people want to mentor other people, you know, um, if you like something that somebody's doing, definitely uh, find that person that, uh, or person and persons, because I have mentors in different areas of my life. Um, I have one of my best friends, an attorney down in Alabama and he is my mentor in the legal practice or you know even personal type of issues I have another mentor that she helps me from a business side on how to do things um, uh, females that have been through what I've like are older than me or younger than me too that have been through um, 
what I've been through and how do you navigate that? So first of all, find a mentor. And to me for aspiring lawyers, and I think the legal education has to change. Um, I don't, I think it should be probably more like Australia or Europe or Asian countries where you have one year of um, book learning of different things, but go out there and work and do either it's free or it's hopefully it's not free. I pay my law clerks, but get that experience, that clinical, I call it the clinical experience, just like residency for doctors get that experience that's going to go a lot farther for you than um getting that a in a in a in that course i mean we all don't have um the capabilities maybe to do that i wasn't a straight a student i'll tell you that right now but i also worked very hard my second year of law school and third year of law school to find those clinical internships um, I did one at the U.S. Attorney's Office. I clerked for judges, you know, and all those things. So I kind of got an experience for the law and the practical side of the law, because a lot of attorneys don't have the practical side. So that's that's where I think our legal, at least in the United States, has to go. That's some great advice there for aspiring lawyers. Um, you know, and it was going to take some effort. You'll have to, you know, go out there and have conversations mm -hmm. to um, to try and get those positions, those internships and so forth. Uh, but, you know, even in Australia, you could contact, um, you know, a barrister's clerk and you could see if there is some research work available that you can assist with. Um, you know, you could um, try and go for a position as an associate to a judge. Uh, there are so many potential opportunities if you just look out there and see what's available. Um, and it is possible that, you know, some of your lecturers will not know of all of the opportunities. You really need to ask the right people. So if you're interested in litigation, you know, it's a good idea to probably go and speak to a barrister. Um, if, you're, if you're speaking to your professor who's a pure academic, you know, in the kind of the theoretical zone, their advice may be a little bit different to someone who's in practice. So I think, you know, just making sure you get the advice from the right people is, is key. And as for, well. for litigation and uh, a lot of regulatory advisory work, I, I honestly, I worked as a public defender. I don't know if Australia has, has a similar system, but they're court appointed defense attorneys in criminal cases, um, I worked for the government and I got 12 jury trials underneath my belt. That's more than most litigators have. I've done probably 900 to, I don't know, a lot of bench trials. I've done, you know, I can't count how many hearings I've done. So I feel comfortable in front of juries, in front of other people. So that's government work. It might not be highly paid, but it is the, I feel the best experience that you can get, at least in the United States, um, from a legal standpoint, and um, both state and there's state jobs, there's federal jobs, there's, you know, all sorts of, there's international government jobs, if you want to go work for the Hague or whatever. I mean, those are like really cool things. So, but I mean, the, I feel that, that having first year out and going to work for a government is is probably the best way to gain a lot of experience. Thank you so much for sharing your 
tips on wellness, mindset, and success in law, where can our listeners learn more about you and your great work? Oh, well, thanks. Um, I really enjoyed being on your podcast. Um, I, like I said, I have, uh, I've been a virtual, basically law firm for 10 years before virtual law firms were a thing during the pandemic. I do have an office, but that's to get away from my children, basically. <laughs> and have a peace of mind so I can get work done. But um, uh, you can find me in St. Louis. My uh, website is www.anjalilawoffice.com. Um, I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, like I said, though, I have a nationwide um, and somewhat international, small international practice, very small, but I am very proud of it. Um, and, uh, you know, best way to reach me. And if you want to reach me on my cell phone, you can 636-293-7633. Uh, I know you have a lot of listeners. So that's a USA number. So again, 636-293-7633. But you can find me. Thank you so much. And please do reach out. Um, you, you know, you're a leading digital health and healthcare attorney in the United States of America. I know many uh, companies in Australia who are looking for assistance entering into the US market. So something to keep in mind. Thank you again and have a wonderful day. Thank you. This was so much fun. Okay. Bye. So much fun. Chat soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that wraps up my interview. Wishing you all a great week and I'll speak to you next time on the Voice of Law podcast.